it's the Utah Rails FC show. I'm Cindy and with me today is Lucas. Hey Lucas. Hey Cindy, how's it going? I am I'm trying to keep my head above water. You know when you have so much going on? That's what it feels like. Yeah. I'm drowning. Oh, sorry to hear that. But that's not fun. <laughs> but yet you pushed not. for a podcast I mean, this it's... week. So I did. Yeah. So it's kind of my fault too. You know, when somebody tells you, I'm the kind of person that overdoes it and then I crash and burn and I'm like, why did I do that? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, but how are you? I'm doing well. Um, Yeah. You know, it's been a bit of a busy week at work, but other than what otherwise, like things have been good. Yeah. A little, it's kind of weird because I'm sure your company is like doing end of year stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. S- same. Um, anyway, so it's just Lucas and I this week thought it'd be a good idea to bring some kind of episode. I think the last time we were on were a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, uh, episode 81. So now we're on episode 82. And things happen. We're going to talk uh, just U- Utah Royals news and... Um, soccer news and yeah so we we're aiming for 30 minutes but who knows who knows we'll we'll see we'll do our best (laughs) do our best we always say that and then end up with an hour and a half show i know (laughs) that's true cool all right uh cool so we can jump right into it um Um, Just a little update on our friend and founder of the podcast, Ryan Kelly. As some of you know, uh, Ryan had was admitted to the hospital back in August with bacterial meningitis. And then while in the hospital, he suffered a stroke in his brain stem. So that has left him with a lot of complications, um, including the loss of the ability to walk, talk, or really eat on his own. So he's gotten past the danger zone and now he's in a rehabilitation center. Um, So trying to get, you know, regain some kind of normalcy. Um, But unfortunately, Ryan did not have health insurance at the time he got sick. So he's had some assistance, but with his continued need for care, he's going to need some financial help. Um, Ryan has a wife and two kids who have been going through just just this really hard time in so many ways without their dad. Uh, Ryan's wife, Lisa, has been taking care of their kids, and she has to get a job to keep things going for the family. So she's doing the best she can, as best as you can when you're in the situation, but to make ends meet. But, you know, the medical bills are piling on, and um, so it makes it a little bit tougher. People are helping. Ryan's parents have been by his side and continue to do what they can to support Ryan. But somebody set up a GoFundMe for his Ryan. sister, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I was wondering. I looked at the last name. I'm like, I think that's his sister. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a GoFundMe and that's been retweeted. Um, the club, Utah Royals FC, has retweeted through Laura Harvey actually retweeted it and then the club did and... Um, so all of us have retweeted that GoFundMe page and 
it's just an opportunity to raise some money for his family. So, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine going through just like the health complications of what he's dealing with. Um, I think he had bacterial meningitis that led to the stroke, which is super intense on its own. Um, but then to, to be uninsured and to have, you know, he's been in a hospital or rehab center since August, basically like that's not cheap. Um, and, and Lisa, his wife, um, who I've met before, she's a really nice lady that I used to sit fairly close to them in, in section 35 for real Salt Lake games, um, has had to go back to work, which I think has been probably really difficult on its own because she, she has like you know, worked from home to, to be with the kids and take care of them. Um, so yeah, like if you're able, uh, I would just encourage people to please consider donating. We put it out on kind of all the social medias. Um, so you can find it on, um, the show's Twitter account, our soapbox Twitter account or Facebook Mm -hmm. page. Um, but yeah, if you can't, if you can't find it, feel free to DM any of us. Um, we're happy to help get you that link. Um, because yeah, Ryan is a really good guy and, you know, could really Mm -hmm. use some help right now. And, Mm um, yeah, want to support him in any way we can. Yeah, for sure. And I know sometimes Ryan listens to the show. So Ryan pulling for you, I'm praying for you. Um, it was really hard to see that photo of you (laughs) in the hospital bed with intubated, you know, that, Yeah. so anyway, and we're, yeah, Ryan, if you're listening, congrats on beating Spurs yet again today. It's <laughs> from, uh, from two Tottenham fans. Mm-hmm. You know, it it hurts less when you know it's Ryan's team. Yeah, um, true. Yeah, looking forward to chatting with you again, friend. <sighs> okay, all right. So with that, we can jump into some news around the NWSL. Um, so I have a lot of cool things happening, but, um, Megan Rapino was named Sports Illustrated Sports Person of the Year, which is kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. She hoped the U.S. win, obviously a fourth World Cup this year, but I think her impact has been more off the pitch. She's been very vocal, um, which some people do not appreciate but she's been speaking against inequality uh she you know spoke out about her desire not to go to the white house if the if the team wants to win the world cup um she led the equal pay lawsuit uh versus u.s soccer that the national team has at the time she really has just become a voice for the marginalized um a few years ago when colin kaepernick kneeled she also did that um during her soccer game so um yeah i i personally think megan rapino is and actually if you read the article there's there's been just a lot from what she's even had to deal with from the aftermath of that and Mm -hmm. we live in very polarized times so obviously everything she does is not going to be very popular and i feel with megan you either are going to support what she's doing and appreciate her or you're going to think she's completely un-American, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I like Megan Rapinoe a lot. I, because I do really agree with a lot of her politics. Um, but that aside, and maybe that's not something that should be put aside, but she did win, 
the golden boot at the biggest competition in the sport. Um, I know people have said, well, she hasn't hardly played for her club team. Like that's true, but it does feel like in the women's soccer world, national team duty is just, you know, the pinnacle. And she took that team to France and, you know, got the most goals um, and came away with the gold. Uh, it's hard to, it's hard to downplay the, the importance of that role. Yeah, for sure. So congrats to Megan Rapino. Um, Megan, if you're listening, you know, yeah, really excited for you. Yeah, we're, we're super pumped. You you can come on the podcast anytime. Depending on or, schedule. Yeah, you know, if you have time. <laughs> um, and on that note, so um, Time Magazine named uh, the U.S. Women's National Team as a whole as their Athletes of the Year. Um, very deserved i mean that um yeah obviously in relation to the uh 2019 world cup win in france um but yeah just an incredible group of athletes um who have just proved you know once again that they're the best team in the world and have really elevated the game in this country and i think that's 100 percent deserving mm-hmm. yeah it's it's crazy because I remember seeing the 1999 uh, women's team like break the barriers of like whoa like women are awesome and there's a soccer team and I had no idea there was like a women's team at the time yeah but that was cool and then they also had their own battle uh, if you read Caitlin Murray's the national team so um, good they, so good um, they they also had their own battles but. And now I feel like the women, the 20 years later, this current team, this generation um, is a lot more bold and they don't care and they're going to do it. And I think that's probably a lot of our generation of like, we're going for it. We're going to do this, you know, because it's right. Mm -hmm. And it it doesn't have to be like behind the scenes. So it's kind of cool because 20 years from now we'll be, you know, looking back and being like, Hey, that's why. So a lot of what they, I mean, a lot of what they do is obviously on the pitch, but off the pitch is also super duper important. So congrats, U.S. Women's National Team. We're pretty big fans. Um, you can also be on the show anytime you'd like. Um, all right. And so with more U.S. soccer, U.S. soccer announced the nominees for best female player of the year. Uh, that was a couple of weeks ago. Winner is likely to be announced pretty soon. I believe they typically do it on a Thursday. So is this the second week of December? I think so, yes. right? Okay. So it'll be announced tomorrow. Um, six NWSL players were nominated. All are obviously on the national team, but it's Julie Ertz from the Chicago Red Stars, Rose Lavelle from Washington Spirit, Carly Lloyd from Sky Blue FC, Alex Morgan from Orlando Pride, and Alyssa Nair from the Chicago Red Stars, and the one and only Megan Rapino as well. Um, they're all on the short list. So my guess is probably Rapino will win, but Yeah, she's it does feel like she might just sweep all the awards this year. And that's fine mm-hmm. with me. Yeah, that's fine. But I could also see the case for Julie and Rose Lavelle too, but yeah. who knows? So 
pretty cool. Um, and then the United Kingdom's The Guardian, I believe, is a newspaper. Yes. Um, yes. So they listed their best 100 female footballers in the world. And four Utah FC Royals players made the list. Yeah. At number, yeah, yeah. Uh, at number 29, you have Becky Sabrin. She should be higher, in my opinion. Number one. Mm-hmm. Kristen always, Press. Always number one for you. <laughs> number one. Although Kristen Press is number 30. She should be, like, number two, maybe. Um, Seems fair. Mm-hmm. Kelly O'Hara, number 61. You know, we're realistic, so we'll give her, like, number five, you know? Yeah. And then Vero Boquette at number 79. Uh so yeah yeah i mean um i did see someone on twitter point out i think it might have been kim mccauley but i can't remember for sure that you know that ranking is a little bit more based on reputation than um current form and i could see that being true um Mm -hmm. like vero comes to mind as you know she's been an incredible player didn't have the strongest season didn't play with spain um so you might make the argument that maybe she shouldn't be ranked that higher, be in the list. Um, but it's yeah, it's an odd, an odd year where you're certainly having to blend national team and club performances. Yeah, but it's also great to see four mm-hmm. Royals players get that kind of recognition, especially from a UK publication. Yeah, for sure. Very cool from that perspective mm-hmm. um who was number one sam kerr which makes sense oh she wasn't on the list at all no oh, that's ridiculous <laughs> yeah sam who has she started playing for chelsea like has she gotten minutes with them yet uh is their season going oh yeah I'm... it oh. follows the, the men's season over there same calendar i, I believe Ah, that makes sense. I maybe I feel like she's taking time off, and then maybe January. Okay. If I remember correctly, but do not quote me. Do not cite me as your source. That would be hard to go from you know NWSL season, World Cup, back to NWSL season, then to um, you know the England Women's League like that. Yeah. So but. she needs a break. <laughs> um. Oh, more U.S. soccer news, and this time it. It uh, it's in regards to the NWSL. So basically, U.S. Soccer versus the NWSL. So basically, NWSL is trying to become more independent. Be like, yo, U.S. Soccer, yo, dads, we're done with you. Um, <laughs> or more like, let's move out. But so they had a meeting this past Saturday. So the U.S. Soccer Federation's Board of Directors declined on Saturday in a closed-door session to approve uh, – wait, approve? Ah, okay. Maybe I typed that in wrong. They declined it. Never mind. Let me back up here. Let me start over. This is what happens when I rush through things. Let me start over. Rewind. Uh, all right. So the NWSO owners want to become independent – break away from the U.S. soccer hold of the league. And so they declined that, the U.S. Soccer Board of Directors. Um, and in that, so not only would they break from U.S. soccer, NWSL was like, but we kind of still need help. But U.S. soccer is like, no dice. Mm-hmm. 
So, but out of their goodness of their hearts, U.S. Soccer offered to keep managing the league for one more year <laughs> while negotiations continue. After the goodness <laughs> of their hearts, I don't think that has ever been said about U.S. Soccer before. Uh, you know. So, yeah. How do we feel about that, Lucas? I, I, I honestly... I think it's a good thing for the NWSL to move away from U.S. soccer. I think the league is strong enough, but it also makes me nervous, especially when it sounds like U.S. soccer is considering giving um, USL uh, women's D1 sanctioning because um, it feels like if, if U.S. soccer is managing NWSL, it's in their best interest to not do that, um, not give USL that sanctioning. And so I'm concerned if... NWSL moves away. USL tries to do something that we could see another league collapse. Yeah. I think, yeah, I don't really have strong feelings about them offering to manage the league for another year while negotiations continue. Um, Mm. It feels like we're so close to the 2020 season that any, any major moves or news at this point are going to feel rushed. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of feeling rushed, uh, so uh, with that and with 2020 coming and starting to plan, uh, so Sacramento 2020, it's been reported that there we're going to have an answer this week, which, you know, we have two days of the work week, um, unless they're expanding into Sunday. But so one way or another, we're going to find out um uh, on NWSL in Sacramento. So it's dragging. Not really much of an update. We've been told it's happening, but the way the time keeps clicking, I don't know. And I'm guessing a lot of that may have to do with the whole U.S. soccer thing. It's just... Yeah, it's insane, though, that it's it's been rumored and kind of sounds like it's coming for so long, yet we're... A third of the way into December, and we still mm-hmm. don't know if there will be a team in Sacramento competing in the NWSL next year. Yeah, like so, that's that's crazy. Yeah, for sure. For all for all the issues, you know, I like people have with MLS, like this would never happen. Um, like we've known Miami is coming for the last thirty years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought it was forty. Yeah, something like that. I think I think when Beckham was born, they promised him the franchise in Miami. <laughs> yeah, so we're 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 it's, it's a waiting game, but I agree with you that I think this is the year that U.S. Soccer relinquishes their control, but they don't want to. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so. Last piece of non Royals news mm-hmm. is um. Um, Stanford women beat beat uh, uh, UNC on penalties to win the NCAA soccer title, um, mm-hmm. and it it was a zero zero game, I believe. Um, but some, the penalties, which I kind of watched, were pretty dramatic. We got some good moments mm-hmm. from the Stanford keeper. Um, yeah, and it seems like a, they were just a pretty incredible team. I know that they kind of just rolled BYU um, at one point. Uh, but yeah, Stanford has an incredible program. Press, O'Hara, Barney, 
among many other big names are all alums of their um and yeah so congrats to them congrats and i don't know that goalkeeper's name but man she's got some sass <laughs> yeah uh pretty stoked to see her in the league <laughs> she kind of reminded me a little bit of hope solo yeah yeah uh, that kind of confidence and swagger yeah i like yeah. her i'm like you go girl yeah i um, i didn't realize until today actually that hope solo and uh barney are almost the exact same age really oh yeah oh, i always thought wow. barney was a couple years older oh, i don't yeah, know why i thought no, I, that i don't know maybe because they were goalkeepers around the same time i don't know maybe no so should we move into utah royals specific news let's do it we have some and signings to report Ooh, and who may they be uh katie bowen mallory weber and lola bonta no way i know mm. well that's cool yeah. <laughs> uh yeah so bowen and labanta returned for the third seasons in utah while Weber has signed on for her second second season with the club, Bowen has Bowen, my bad, Bowen has played 1,504 minutes in 19 matches and made a team high 50 tackles. Nice. Yeah, Labanta doubled her career highs on both goals and assists, recording two of each during the 19. I'm sorry, 19 2019 season. Uh, the midfielder recorded the third highest minutes for the Royals with 18, 18, 58 minutes, only missing time due to suspension. What was the suspension? Oh, that really bad challenge on Pickett. Ooh, yeah. She oh, bad. That was just, yeah. Oh. Was, was <laughs> I, but that aside, I felt like Labonta to me was like the most improved player over 2018. Um, I felt like she she brought a lot to the team this season. Um, and I would not have really seen that going into the year. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I'm very excited to see her come back. I'm excited for all, all of these signings. Um, but certainly, yeah, Labonta felt like she jumped up her game a level. She did. Um, she did play in the W League before it, so I think that may have something to do with it of just like this continuous play and mm -hmm. you know so yeah i think labanta is awesome um and then weber signed with utah after three seasons with portland like last season um she finished with one assist in 18 matches and became a crucial part of the back line after converting to outside back and during that time she contributed to three clean sheets and 11 matches so I think definitely important players for Utah mm -hmm. to keep, um, especially because not only because they're younger and are getting more familiar with uh, Laura Harvey's system, but um, yeah, I think these are three signings that can be welcomed and and you know we give I give thumbs up, Lucas. I don't know how you feel about the signings, but yeah, I I think they're all players that we very much want to retain um weber was i think a really good pickup um i mean she got quite a few minutes that you would not have necessarily expected her to get but 
she, I think Laura Harvey wanted her to kind of fill in um, Kelly O'Hara's shoes after O'Hara came back injured or got injured after that uh, really important friendly uh, for the U.S. Women's National Team. Um, so, yeah, um, I feel good about all this. Um, <laughs> yeah, and the team emailed out um, just in a press release on um, November the 4th that they had offered contracts to to Barney, Bowen, Doniak, uh, Gunny, Labonta, Lytle, Moros, Stangle, Timrak, uh, and Weber. Um, and so it is interesting that, you know, we've heard back from three of those players, um, but um, some of them are still kind of in limbo about what's going to happen yet. And I just assume that means there's negotiations going on between the club and the player um Mm -hmm. and that's that's to be expected i don't think it's anything to be alarmed about um if your favorite Mm -hmm. player has not yet um uh been announced as being re-signed um Mm -hmm. it's not quite time to panic yet and just to (laughs) review the the roster like they did exercise options on uh vero corsi laddish um louder mamon nolf miramontes ratcliffe arod abby smith Raisa and uh, Gabby Vincent. So, hmm. um, yeah, the, the roster's probably not going to look crazy different. Although Deloitte Hansen, in a, in the press conference where they announced the new uh, RSL head coach and general manager, they did he did say they were looking to make some changes that would allow that. I can't remember exactly how how he phrased it, but basically he said they're making some changes and they were, that would uh, pretty much put them in the playoffs. Laura Harvey has already said she expects to be back in, um, Mm -hmm. in Utah next year. That was in response to a question about if she would take the national team uh, head coach job. Um, And so her plan at that time was to return to to Utah. She seemed to know she wasn't uh, taking that job or being offered that job. I'm not sure what went on there. Um, but so it would kind of seem that Deloitte is pointing towards um, some some key player signings, and I think that is probably needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So it it it'll be it'll be good to see what happens because I don't know. Obviously, if Sacramento twenty twenty does indeed happen, this roster is going to look a little bit differently. Yeah. But for now. This is what we got, and this is who we got. So, yeah. Um, all right. So, there's been a Diana Matheson spotting going on. <laughs> a spotting <laughs> or a tweeting? <laughs> I don't, you know, a spot of a tweet. Yes. You know what I mean. You just ruined my cool entrance. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, apparently, according to... Our source, Twitter.com, Matheson is in Toronto and looking for a pickup game. Hmm. Yeah. Breaking stuff, guys. Uh, Breaking stuff. I mean, it does seem a little bit strange that a professional, like, player that's on a national team uh, was, like, asking on Twitter for a pickup game, but I don't know. Maybe that's normal. She's probably just trying to stay sharp in the off season, kind of get back to playing fitness. Maybe, maybe 
But Diana Matheson is a very curious case, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yes. And we were chatting about this, and we, I reached out to a few uh, of the NWSL media people, and I was like, so could, because obviously Diana Matheson is an allocated player with the Canadian national team. And I thought, I'm like, and it just dawned on me. I'm like, well, she's obviously been protected because of her status. So technically, the club could not release her because they don't pay her. Yeah. Um, you know, she's she's like a gift kind of, you know, like press and O'Hara and Sarah Bernard. But um, so I think because she was an allocated player, there was so much not only mystery, but things that couldn't be said. She missed the World Cup. She missed the 19, 2019 season. So the theory that we all came up with is that um, she, she was she was not obviously in playing form because she was injured, but she was not to a point where she could rejoin the team. So a lot of it has to do with um, just her being an allocated player that gave her a protection type of status. Mm-hmm. Um, and the club really can't do anything except she's on their roster and should Canada decide until Canada decides to no longer allocate her, um, then Utah can make a decision. But, you know, that's the theory is she is on the roster because of her status with Canada. Yeah, and we should see the allocation list sometime before the season starts. Um but it sounds like it's varied a lot of quite quite widely when it's released, so mm-hmm. we kind of won't know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think because she, I'm surely like they're given some length of contract or something. Um, but I would assume like if she was given a three year deal at the you know when she was first signed, the Royals can't just get rid of her unless there's a trade or something like that. But that's right. kind of guesswork. Right. So even though Utah has said that all of these players are coming back as allocated players, that that could change because I believe they said that about Amy Rodriguez last year and she was not allocated this year. So it's just uh, they kind of have to because that is their current status at mm-hmm. the moment. But yeah, and with Amy, like if she's she wasn't allocated, but the the club and the player negotiated a contract and she you know stayed on that could happen with diana matheson i'm not sure it would simply because you know it's been over a year since she's had any significant playing time our Mm -hmm. midfield is you know Mm -hmm. we have quite Mm -hmm. a few options but it's kind of a wait and see situation right my professional and very educated opinion is (laughs) Uh, and by that, I mean like 10% sure. Um, I don't think she is allocated this coming year. And yeah, that's my thought. Lucas, do you have yeah. a more professional and educated guess? <laughs> no, I mean, I think that's probably accurate. But yeah, it's it has just been very strange with her not not knowing, you know, she was gone for months, even though she wasn't with Canada and not on the injury list. Like, it's kind of bizarre. 
very bizarre. And the club never ever gave us like an answer. I mean, you talked to the club and yeah. it was kind of like, eh, eh. like they wanted to say but couldn't because Canada. Yeah. Yeah. It's Canada. Sort of Canada's deal. And, you know, mm-hmm. who, who can understand the ways of Canada? A. <laughs> Don't you know? Or is that Minnesota? <laughs> Uh, anyhow, so let's, um, speaking of former British colonies, let's go to the land <laughs> down under and talk about the W League. Um, so yeah, um, if you missed last week, Utah Royals has three players unloaned to, to teams in um, Australia's W League. Um, so you have Mallory Weber at uh, Adelaide United, uh, Abby Smith with Western Sydney Wonders and Katie Stingle with uh, Canterbury United. Um, so Adelaide uh, had a buy this past week, but um, it's been two weeks since the last podcast. And um, at eleven thirty, they they played against Melbourne City. Um, Weber went the full ninety um, in their one zero loss to City. And I just watched the highlights, and I really didn't see all that much from her. It you know she is playing as an attacker, not as, um, an outside back or anything. So, um, it's kind of, you know, you're not going to have a ton of incredible highlights in a one zero loss. Um, but in more exciting games, Abby Smith went the full 90 in both of Western Sydney's games over the last, um, two weeks. Um, so the first one was against, uh, Melbourne city. It was a one, one draw. Um, she only allowed one goal and that goal was just really terrible by her defense. She was very much left out to dry. Um, she had had some really good saves earlier on, but um, uh, yeah, just, you know, was close to clean sheet and probably would have been had her defenders defended a little bit better. Um, mm. And then Lynn Williams of um, uh, North Carolina courage and sometimes the U S women's national team, um, got her first goal. Um, I think it was in this game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that was her first goal this season in the W league. Um, and it seemed like, I think she had, she'd had some assists, but I think there was some concern there that she hadn't scored yet. Um, and then the, their game the week before was against, uh, Brisbane and, um, Smith had some really incredible saves in this game. They won three, one, um, uh, Christian Hamilton had a hat trick that must be really, really great for North Carolina courage to have Williams and Hamilton playing together in the off season. Um, Mm. But it does seem like the defense is bad. The the one goal um, uh, Abby allowed was basically a center back passing it directly into uh, an attacker's path. Who was like running at goal. Um, Mm. Like you could not have had a more perfect assist from a teammate. um, If you had wanted one. So, Smith overall, I think in four games has allowed, I want to say three goals, one of them being a penalty. So she's averaging less than one goal a game. Um, And honestly, none of those goals are really much a keeper can do about. Um, So it's really been been good to watch her get minutes, to see her playing well. Um, She still has it. I, I haven't seen... I think in 2018, we did see some sort of rookie mistakes um, from her. She'd come off her line and get beat, things like that. Have not seen any of that in um, in the games I've watched. Uh, 
so that's good. I think I think of all the Utah Royals players, Smith more than anyone needed this time in the W League, and it's I, so far seems as though it's paying off. Yeah. And then um, Katie Stengel. So she is with um, uh, Canterbury. Um, and on the 5th of this Wait, month. Yeah. Did you say Canterbury? Canterbury. How do you say it? Canberra. Canberra. Don't insult our neighbors to the south. They are to the south <laughs> and very far west, east. Uh, Where's Australia? You know. uh, Canberra. It's south. If you're flying, you're going southwest. Oh, yeah, southwest. Wow, we are. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Canberra, excuse me. Um, so mm-hmm. she played in their game on the 5th. She played 81 minutes. Um, she's partnering in a 4-4-2 with um, Torsness, which is kind of fun to see. Um, so uh, Torsness got the only goal. Um or excuse me, one of the goals in a 2-1 win. Stengel didn't have a goal or assist in that game, unfortunately. And then the week before, um, she had an ankle injury, so did not play. But she did give an interview to the league. um, And she said um, uh, she thought their head coach could, like, take her um, game to the next level, and that was, like, her her whole point in coming to the W League. Um... To, get, to be challenged and to be better by the time she got back to the States. Um, and so I think that's like a really good mindset to see from her of she wants to elevate her game and she's, you know, she's trying to do that um, this off season because her production certainly dropped off for the Royals in 2019 uh, over the year previous. And that oh. is the report from Australia. Oh, thank you, sir. Um. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I will not attempt an Australian accent because then it turns British, which then turns Irish and then Scottish and then eventually just goes back to being regular, regular, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Spanglish. Um, yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. That was a cool. Cool update. You are very dedicated and um, informed and... Thank you for the update. Sure thing. <laughs> um, and so we should end on a very serious question that has been plaguing our minds, at least mine. And that is, if Lucas were an emoji, which would he be? Lucas, what would you be? Oh, oh, I didn't expect <laughs> you to ask me this. I thought you were just going to read people's answers. <laughs> I mean, um, I can. I can tell you. Ryan McDonald from Desert News says, Ugh, I need a mustard emoji. So clearly you're meant to be a mustard emoji. And then you talked about using mustard last night and you're yeah. trying something new. Yeah. It's exciting. I, I know. I mean I um I made dinner last night and I had like a charcuterie board. I don't know if mm. I'm saying that right. So yeah. I had some fancy mustard and now it's all gone and I'm excited to try some new mustard. Uh, mm. mustard and mm-hmm. i would be okay being represented as a mustard emoji all right all right um do you just like order mustards off amazon or something <laughs> no um <laughs> i this mustard i got in southern california but um you know it's like whole grain spicy mustard is 
is you know what what I'm all about. Mm. It's my jam. Mm. I love mustard. A lot of people, it's a very you either love mustard or you hate mustard. In I was really surprised uh, when the um, soapbox mustard debate of 2018 came up and how many people don't like mustard. I know. It's really what disappointing. Is- is wrong with them Ugh. I don't get it anyway Matt said he typed a cat and a camera so <laughs> yeah I do take a lot of cat pictures <laughs> you really do uh, and then Greg typed a hammer and a newspaper is that what that is I couldn't really see that <laughs> It looks like a hammer. Uh, yeah, the hammer is clear to me. I, I thought oh, it's a, yeah. the other one might be a building or. No, it's a newspaper. It, okay. It's like it's like a flat newspaper. I guess because I hammer the news. There know. you go. I don't know. We'll have to ask Greg a little bit about that. Oh, as a um, reporter, I always nail the news stories. That's it. Uh, that's surely not what Greg meant. Oh, <laughs> uh, I can ask you, him. That's what you meant. <laughs> Yeah, so there we go. And I think you would be a very expressionless emoji. Oh my gosh, so <laughs> overused. Uh, just kidding. If anything, you're the um, you're which one is that one? It's the one where it has like. Where is it? Where is it? Oh, you're definitely the money emoji. Wow. I, uh, Big Daddy Lucas. I guess. <laughs> My top emojis in SB Nation Soccer Slack are the thumbs up, the party parrot, the joy, mm-hmm. uh, the 100, and expressionless. Mm. <laughs> See, you use that one too. I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, I have used it on myself quite a few times. That's probably why it's up there. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's all we got as far as Utah and news and everything. And should there be any breaking news, RSL Soapbox is the place to be. We are also doing uh, player profiles. We just started this week. So read up on Abby Smith, written by Lucas. Oh, uh, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. I and nailed then, that news story. You did. <laughs> you really did. I was pretty proud. Oh, thank you. And then <laughs> Brittany Radcliffe, Diana Matheson. And then tomorrow coming at you, Sydney Miramontes. And then we start getting into the actual big time rated players. And you will find out who the highest rated player is in the history of Utah Royals FC for 2019. That's, yeah. What a teaser. Anyway. Yeah, what a teaser. Anyway, I just got a text message. I'm supposed to be at a dinner 12 minutes ago. But <laughs> well, we said half hour. It's forty three minutes in, and that is as timely as we will ever be. Yeah, we made it! Hooray! Yeah. Anyway, that's all we got. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please donate to Ryan. Uh, please do good things and be nice to people. That's all we got. <laughs>